jump into today's episode. Oops, did I say today? I meant tonight. It's currently 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and yeah, I know it's late. But I said episodes every Monday. I didn't say what time. And thank God I didn't because life has gotten pretty hectic. I'll tell you about it later. For now, I'll let you know that today's episode has a lot of twists and turns, just like every other episode. But it really feels like you're just tuning into a phone call between two friends. We talk about daddies who join cults. We talk about water births and siblings. We talk about TV shows and everything in between. I hope you'll enjoy the nightcap. But... If you do enjoy it, please don't forget to leave a rating and a review, especially if you're listening via Apple Podcast. It really does mean the world because it helps the podcast to widen its audience. And that means there's more of us feeling less alone with all of our daily struggles with mental health. So consider leaving a rating or a review if you're enjoying it. Also, last but not least, if you want to support the show, feel free to go to buymeacoffee.com slash sdanxious. You can become a member, get some perks, just for $10 a month. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com slash sdanxious. Go there, become a member, get your perks, and you'll help fund some of the passion projects that I have behind this podcast. We'll do some fun stuff together. I hope that this episode will be a really good nightcap for you. I hope that it will soothe you to your sweetest dreams. And even if it doesn't, well, I tried. I love you all so much. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stress, Depressed, and Anxious with your host, Local Neighborhood Baby. Today we have Kenan. Uh, she is a great podcaster that I love talking to personally. I feel like we have become somewhat of friends. She's so nice and supportive. And, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, uh, like she said, I'm, I'm Kenan. Um, I go by Nan on our show. Uh, and then, so my show is called, uh, Unearthed Gems with Chris and Nan. Chris is my little sister. We are 10 years apart. Uh, the premise of the show is that she loves the show Steven Universe, uh, and I have never seen it. She's been telling me about it for years. I finally bit the bullet to go ahead and watch it, and she decided it should be a podcast. So we talk about that. Um, we do like recap two episodes every uh, podcast episode, and we... <laughs> mostly just (laughs) talk about what that brings up as far as memories or things in our lives uh it is not a you know (laughs) 
a happy podcast, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of tears and there's a lot of heaviness, but I mean, there's a lot of healing in that. Um, so yeah, if you want to check us out, <laughs> not that I sold us very well, uh, but it's called Unearthed Gems. Uh, we are on Stitcher and Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and Audible and wherever you, you get your podcasts. We also have a Facebook group called Unearthed Gems Podcast. Um, just answer a few questions, come on in. Uh, we do try to make it a safe space um, specifically for, you know, people who have like high anxiety and depression and um, could possibly be on the LGBTQIA spectrum. Um, we're just, we're here for all of it. Well, you heard it here first, here for all of it. Um, so that is amazing. I think any any person who is on the internet and providing a safe space for those of us who have, you know, mental health illnesses um, and things that we're suffering from, I think it's great. Uh, we all know the internet can be a dark, dark place. So it's nice Definitely. to have a safe place to hang out. And I think that everybody should go and check out Unearthed Gems. We've all had those, you know, well, most of us have had those moments with siblings where they're watching a show and you don't want to watch it. And you're like, <laughs> check it out. Uh, so I can completely understand that premise. And I think it's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's really working out for us and it's, um, it, you know, we're very pro therapy, but sometimes you can't afford therapy. Um, yeah. So, isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, we, this is something that she and I have always done. Um, we were separated our family, um, 13 years ago. And one of the things that she would try to like, you know, convey what was going on in her life. And again, you know, we're 10 years apart so we didn't always have, <laughs> you know, the same wavelength about things, but you know, she would send me, um, episodes of like Hannah Montana to watch and then we could talk about it after um, you know just <laughs> smosh different YouTube things that she would send me um, and you know I, I try to <laughs> I try to send her the stuff that you know I watch but she's never really into it which is fine you kind of have to <laughs> somebody has to get on somebody else's level when you're, <laughs> when you're talking in a, you know, a sibling relationship. And, you know, I think having something to talk about and letting that be a gateway to talk about the issues at hand or, you know, to get closer together is always helpful or it has always been helpful um, with us. And I think definitely over the last like six months or so that we've been doing this. It, it's been really helpful. I, I feel closer to her. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. I think that uh, I totally agree when it comes to siblings and uh, there's a lot of room for not actually relating to each other. You would think that it would be very easy because you're in the same household and you're, you know, most for the most, you have at least one parent in common, you know what I mean? Or, right. you know, whatever your, your home lives are the same. So you think that there's a relatability there, but anybody who has a sibling knows, especially if you have a sister, um, that you can be very, very different from each other, actually. Um, Absolutely. There can be, especially with age gaps, like big age gaps, like 10 years and things like that, with my own sister five years apart, mm. um, it's it can be hard to relate to one another. So yeah, it's interesting because I always think that it's a beautiful thing how 
um, people think that TV, movies, um, music even, that they're so trivial, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but when you think about those people and, and why they're so important, I mean, these are the things that connect people together, not to be too cheesy, but like art and all of those things, books, everything that you're looking at that's sort of like classified entertainment that seems mm-hmm. so trivial and not important. They really do bring so many different kinds of people together. Um, So I just think that's really beautiful. And especially, you know, podcasting, being able to podcast with your sibling and that be something that, you know, keep your relationship fueled and and things like that is is just really beautiful. Chris, I mean, I I didn't tell you this before, but like I delivered her. I was nine and a half. I delivered her. What? Um, Yeah. So my dad had, that happen? so my dad had, uh, dropped us off at a family that he knew's house. Um, my mom was nine months pregnant. Um, and she had confided in me that, you know, he had committed adultery. Uh, um, that's a very, um, <laughs> yeah, very politically correct way to put it. It, it was, <laughs> um, So I was kind of like on high alert. Like, I don't want to be around him. I don't understand. Um, I think that sucks, by the way, just not to stop you, but I think that sucks to drop that on a kid. I I get like, obviously it's an awful situation, but it's your relationship. And no matter how you spin it, the person is still the kid's dad or mom. So I just feel like that's very weird. For sure. Well, with, with that, that came the divide from, my best friend who, you know, my little brother, um, we were like two peas in a pod at that time. And I very much became the, I have to protect the family, especially mom. Um, and he became the, well, the Bible says, honor your father and mother, and we need dad here. So eventually when my dad did move in, it was because he had like, you know, basically showed me, I thought that his, uh, actions had changed. So the, my parents actually asked my permission as like a 10 year old, um, you know, whether or not he could move back in. And I was like, you know, he can sleep on the couch and it's, you know, if he messes up again, were they asking you? (laughs) I honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know, but that's a little, (laughs) that's a little teaser into (laughs) my trauma and, and their bad decisions. Um, but yeah, so when I was nine and a half, uh, my mom was nine months pregnant with my baby sister and they had dropped us off. We lived in Florida. Um, and my mom had a water birth, uh, for, so for three days, I sat with my mother in a pool, um, and my dad kind of like plastered himself to the outside of the French doors, you know, staring at us the whole time, which was uber creepy. Um, but yeah, so the labor was three days. And in the end, I, I grabbed my sister. Um, wow. And then like two days after that, they went on a marriage retreat. So I had the baby all by myself, you know, what is going on here? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) fast forward to now, like (laughs) looking back on it, I can talk about it without crying because I know I've like worked through that, but it's still like a fuck ton of, uh, of shit that I've had to like carry and, and, and walk through, you know? Um, and there were times when she would make decisions about, you know, piercing something or, 
dating someone and I'm like, okay, she's not my kid. I have to like remove myself emotionally from this, you know, situation, you know, getting another tattoo or whatever. And I was just like, you know, I get to live my own life too. This is not my child. Um, so (laughs) yeah, I mean, that is, I can't even begin to, I mean, my mouth was just a gate. Like I don't, I can't even begin yeah. To, to even process like the what, why, how yeah. <laughs> of that situation. That is beyond traumatic. I don't know. I what mean, there's I a lot done. of it, but also, I mean, this translates to my relationships because my job was to take care of my family and take care of my siblings. And I can see how, how, you know, you definitely feel that connection with Dean Winchester because that was his whole MO. Yeah. 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 Whatever, whatever Sam needs, it's what he's going to do. Whatever the world needs, that's what he's going to do. Very, very um, like a hero prototype, right? Like just. Well, yeah, I kind of. Yourself last. I don't want to put myself in the hero category. <laughs> no, no. I mean, people, because <laughs> well, sometimes when people say hero, it's just like, you feel like it's a lot. But honestly, yeah. I think um, the t- I've, I've sort of explored this concept a little bit. And I think the title hero is pretty much, um, a, I don't think it's like what, I feel like hero is a kind of death. It's not, okay. it's not like just like a title. It's, it's a kind of, it's a type of death because I think heroism is sort of tragic in a way. Mm. People who, you know, classically are heroes are people who put themselves last, put everybody else first. They do Mm -hmm. not feel good about themselves. If you ever see any sort of hero represented in any sort of media, um, it's just like, these are people who are willing to um, deprive themselves of whatever it is that they need and focus on everyone, literally everyone else that matters and they don't care about themselves. And, you know, technically when you talk about mental health and you talk about what's healthy and a mental standpoint, that's not healthy and it's not good, but they're willing to make those sacrifices and, and people allow them to make those sacrifices. Um, sometimes they're even forced to do so. And, uh, it's a tragic situation. And, you know, it really, it really typically has only one ending, not to be so dark, but it does. No, that's Um, that's absolutely true. And I think that's something that, um, that she and I explore, uh, my sister and I explore in, in our podcast too, um, because loving myself is not easy. Um, And growing up with the mentality that we had to you know not sin um and then also you know whatever church we were in had different rules and you know whatever mood my parents were in we had different rules too um we were also homeschooled so the only outside you know that we had was church and uh the family that my mom gave birth at their home at um and so there were there's a lot of I would say spiritual reconstruction that's happening now, deconstruction even. Um, neither of us really feel that we can say that we're Christians anymore. It's not that we don't 
believe in God. It's that right now the standard of American Christianity is not something that we believe in um, or would tie ourselves to. Um, but also it's the unlearning of all of the junk that was pushed on us for so long. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> looking back, like, obviously that's a lot. And I think, you know, looking at different superheroes or looking at Dean, like, obviously he has the world on his shoulders, <laughs> that poor man. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of um, me trying to save others before I save myself mentality. Like, and it's gotten to the point where like, no, I've got to work on holding on to my own life vest. I, I can't just hand it to, you know, the person sitting next to me. Um, my my boyfriend does help me a lot with, with that. Um, you know, he'll, he'll always ask me, you know, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, well, what do you want for dinner? You know, or, um, you know, just different things like that, that seem, you know, innocuous could like put me in, in tears because he works with me to give me a choice because for so long, I did not have a choice. Um, so yeah, that's something that I really appreciate. Um, but also like with Steven Universe, uh, it's good to have the different perspectives. Um, they're different. <laughs> Let me give a little synopsis of the show, if that's okay. No, go ahead. Okay. So. No, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. Moving on. <laughs> um, so Steven Universe is a little boy. Uh, um, at the beginning of the show, he's about 12 years old. Um, and f- instead of a belly button, he has a pink, like, it looks like a diamond in his belly. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> he has three women with him. One of them is purple. Uh, one of them uh, is really like tall and slender and has like a, um, an opal rock in her forehead. Um, the purple one has an amethyst rock in her chest. And then there's a big red woman with a giant black Afro um, and huge sunglasses. And she has a red gem in one hand and a blue gem in the other. And you come to find out that these people are aliens that have lived on earth for a very long time. But again, Steven is only 12. Um, (laughs) His dad is a human. Uh, and he is the only one of his kind because gems, uh, these gem people, uh, have always just, uh, in, in one case, I know that they come out of the ground, um, like in, in an, uh, amethyst mine sort of place. I know there was, um, it, it's very creepy. It's called the kindergarten. Uh, and there's just, you know, thousands of holes, uh, people-sized holes where, uh, amethysts apparently just came out of. Um, I'm not quite sure on the the idea of that, but back to Stephen. I wish his last name wasn't Universe, uh, but his dad's <laughs> name is his dad's name is Greg Universe. Um, what happened was that his mother um, 
her name is uh, Rose Quartz, and she was like a commander general for uh, the Gem Army. Um, and Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl were uh, some of her officers in the army thousands of years ago again. Uh, and for some reason, she got pregnant with this human man. And instead of just creating a baby, this baby actually took over the gem's form. So <laughs> with the space mathematics being as they are, he is his own mom, but he has none of her memories. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's a lot. <laughs> um, lots to unpack there. <laughs> yes, lots to unpack there. Um, but uh, so there's a lot of like issues that come up, things that they're fighting. You come to find out that these things that they're fighting um, are also gems. They just don't look humanoid anymore. Like there's one that looks like a giant puffer fish. Um, there's one that looks like a giant centipede um and their gems were corrupted somehow so Stephen and the crystal gems um these three ladies that I described they go and beat these things up until all that's left is just their gem they put those gems in stasis uh and just move about their day but there's situations that come up where um, the, their home world found out that Earth is still populated uh, and that there are crystal gems there because uh, apparently they were supposed to have died like 3,000 years ago. So now everyone's in danger. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a very interesting show. <laughs> I'm going to go. I, I haven't watched the show. I don't know if I said that already. I haven't watched it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis online. Oh, great. Um, it says that crystal, the crystal gems are a team of magical beings who are the self-appointed guardians of the universe. Half human, half gem hero. Stephen is the little brother of the group. The goofball is learning to save the world using the magical powers that come from his belly button. And he goes on magical adventures with the rest of the crystal gems, even though he's not as powerful or smart as fellow group members, Garnet, Amphius, and Pearl. Oh my God. Despite his shortcomings, Steven usually finds a surprising way to save the day. It says that the first episode date was May 21st, 2013. And the final episode was aired January 21st. 2019 this is an animated <laughs> series and it has a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, um, <laughs> that's the best. I've never heard that synopsis before. We try to keep me spoiler free and that was spoiler free, but oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> um, yeah, very interesting. I, while I don't condone drug use, I probably would watch this if I was on acid. Yeah. Um, I think um, sometimes that would be good. It's definitely not a kid's show. I will say that. It's definitely an adult show. Um, and 
my sister cosplayed Amethyst quite a few times um, at different conventions and things like that. I mean, this show is huge and it sounds pretty obvious. It kind of ran beneath your and my radar um, for quite some time. I, I am enjoying it. I can say that now that we're in season two for sure. I am enjoying it. Um, I'm also enjoying not knowing the full story. It is surprising how much I enjoy it because I don't usually watch things like this, like not even animated things really. I mean, I, I just, I finished Nosferatu yesterday. Um, I love Hulu's The Path. It's a show about a cult. Um, like we've been talking about Supernatural, love that too. So that's kind of, you know, what I watch this is uh not normally what I watch but it's up Chris's alley she loves it and I'm actually getting into it it's also really helpful to talk about it or get frustrated about it there's one situation in general in general uh that's coming up now I <laughs> it was a big deal to me at the time um Stephen doesn't go to school. So I'm like, oh, great. Homeschool vibes. Okay. Yes, I can feel that. Um, but he was kind of like, you know, what, what about my home planet? You know, I've never been there. I've always lived here. What do I need to know? And his, I always consider the Crystal Gems his aunts, really. I guess they, in the synopsis, he's considered the little brother. Um, but Pearl was like, oh yeah, sure. Like I've got something for you. So she gave him what we think is a magic mirror. Um, and she assumed that it was going to tell Steven about their home world. Uh, what we find out though, is that there was actually a person attached to the mirror that had been trapped for at least a thousand years. Um, and, uh, her name is Lapis Lazuli. She is, uh, like my favorite character. Um, but just like trying to get my head around, like for the first 20, 30 episodes, you know, it's Steven and the Crystal Gems. I love these four, you know, and then finding out that they basically were treating, another person of their race like a battery like a game cartridge I just completely lost it um it was <laughs> really rough and obviously that you know goes into my thoughts and feelings on um human trafficking and just being manipulated in general um it was a lot to handle and that all came out you know within our episode <laughs> Oh, that's really, that is really, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. That's <laughs> okay. I'm not laughing at human trafficking. I'm not laughing at human trafficking. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> but like me just talking about this, it doesn't make sense unless you've like actually seen the show. So I'm sorry. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. I it just, the part about like, <laughs> The part about finding out about them using the person as a <laughs> uh, person of their race as a battery, yeah, and that being related to human trafficking, I it was an unexpected connection. <laughs> That's sure. <what> <laughs> <laughs> um, 
is what trauma does to your brain. It connects all these dots that really probably shouldn't go there. Sometimes I'll say something and my boyfriend's like, where did you get there from like this cute dog picture I just shared with you? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm already 45 steps ahead. I'm not sure how to backtrack and tell you how I got there. I just needed to tell you, you know, I'm suspicious of, of this politician, you know, something like that. Like, they'll be like, can you explain to me how we got here? <laughs> like, no, I can't. Uh, no, that is, that is really very interesting. I, um, yeah, I also, uh, first of all, I just want to backtrack a little and also sure. say that, like, I know earlier I said I don't condone drug use. That is a lie. I do <laughs> condone drug use. I just don't promote drug use. <laughs> but, well, but I'm glad we, I'm glad we got that out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like a fucking school teacher. I don't condone <laughs> drug use. Um, it's prohibited yeah <laughs> but um I also I actually don't condone human trafficking okay um, cool at all great and um it's something actually that has been on the rise which is mm-hmm. weird to say like why I mean obviously I don't pretend to understand how sick people's minds work mm-hmm. um but yeah it's something that is becoming more and more pervasive across the world and people getting kidnapped in broad daylight and you know yes. technology advancing to make it easier for people to get trafficked spam text messages being sent where you click on it and they start to track your location and you know people watching you and then putting like you know things like single female what is it single female um like uh, like sf they'll put on, oh like, yes like on the lawns and stuff yeah and just like so that they know that you're easy target and like just all kinds of different things like kids just going missing all the time and groups of ki- groups of children going missing and it's terrifying um it is terrifying to say the least and the fact that people are trying to put monetary value on human lives is insane mm-hmm. but um yeah that's that's crazy I mean my my dad being a truck driver has made me aware from a you know long time made me aware earlier that human you know sex trafficking was a thing um because that happens a lot at truck stops at oh sure um, you know rest stops and things like that so it it did come up in different conversations with my dad and he did you know so we sort of got into like the dangers of some of these things um and it, it can very easily happen in those places. Um, mm-hmm. It happens the most in those places. So yeah, uh, pretty creepy, pretty scary. And uh, I watched also, if we're going to relate it back to TV and film, I've watched, um, what was it? Ha- a Halle Berry movie. Um, I think it was The Call. No, okay. it, was, it wasn't The Call. There was a movie where it was Halle Berry and she had a son and she was... Um, there was like a birthday party that she was throwing for her son and, or, or, or maybe he, she took him to a birthday party either, or, and he was snatched away. She saw like he, he, she saw him, um, get thrown into a car 
And then she then goes on this high-speed chase following the person who took her son, like, as she's on the phone with 911. And it's just, like, this adrenaline rush. Like, she's just, like, a regular person chasing after this person. Um, It was a couple that took him, a woman and a man. Um, And it was just a very crazy movie. And they were, they took him. And, you know, you come to find out they took him and a lot of other children, you know, as a whole huge sex trafficking ring. Oh um, so it's just it was so insane and so like scary that these things do happen um uh-huh. which is very very sad so yeah i i think that's that's awful and you know um steven shame on you well, steven didn't do it oh, steven well. was the one to break her out <laughs> but his, his everyone else it. shame on you <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean it <sighs> The, the good thing about Steven is that he brings out the, for lack of a better term, uh, humanity in everyone. He was the one to break her out. He was the one to heal her and help her get back home. Um, and she like immediately was like, you're a crystal gem too. They've obviously hurt you. Come with me. And he was like, I don't know what's going on. And, and that kind of broke her because she didn't, you know, she felt like she she couldn't like, you know, get him to understand that they were mistreating him as well. She didn't know the whole story. She just knew she had to get away. Um, so yeah, that was like a whole, whole storyline, but he's the good one. Um, and he, he is slowly helping his aunts truly realize like how they treat other people. Uh, is wrong but part of me is kind of like well how many more people are they like holding hostage you know was it just her um yeah it's it's wild there's so many different threads in that show um but obviously Steven's the the good one and he's the you know the tie for for every character yeah that's nice um I don't know. The only show that I could possibly relate any of that to is probably because uh, I don't. Uh, to be fair, I don't watch a lot of animated series at all. Same. Um, rarely ever do. My brothers and sisters they definitely like to watch a lot of animated series. They probably have seen Steven Universe and um, things like that, but I don't watch a lot of it. But I do watch Rick and Morty, okay. and it's really funny for me to hear you not funny but like interesting and it's it's telling about you as a person that you made those connections to real world things based on Mm -hmm. the themes of the show because it reminds me of rick and morty in that rick diabolically creates universes all the time that happen to just power his his like car his spaceship or like you find out that their sole purpose is to like do some ridiculous um job and how insignificant they are um and I never Uh, once uh really sympathized or even really cared I just sort of laughed (laughs) and Rick's diabolicalness so I think that's super interesting I I didn't realize that because I've seen you know an episode here and there for it and every everything like has to do you know they're like whole planets that you know, like the, you know, the main person on the planet 
like knows him or has had some kind of sexual relationship with him and he's like blown them off or something like that like there's always something wrong with with (laughs) him yeah yeah he's yeah he's pretty selfish sort of a raging alcoholic mad genius scientist who doesn't give a shit about anyone (laughs) i mean nice yeah yeah um it is a very dark show i love that show i think that it has really interesting intricate themes that force people to think when you wouldn't really expect it from a show like that but um mostly i just find it comical yeah (laughs) well good i think most people do yeah people love rick and morty (laughs) i think anytime i find someone you know who likes rick and morty i automatically know that they're a great person and they um not great person i should say i know that they appreciate sarcasm because that show they're the comedy you know the comedy in that show is rooted in dark jokes and sarcasm Mm -hmm. a lot of times i find that you know that's my brand of humor i like to just be like sort of sarcastic and dark which not a lot of people can handle in real life um agreed and uh, some people can't even process you know sarcasm at all so i just know that like if somebody says that they like rick and morty immediately i can tell okay yeah you're my kind of person because you (laughs) enjoy that sort of humor you know yeah Um, did you watch um futurama I did a little bit. I really, okay. you know, just watched a couple of episodes. I have, um, I had an ex-boyfriend who that was his, like one of his favorite shows was Future gotcha. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it too much. Yeah, no, that's okay. I haven't watched it in years, but I remember liking that show. Yeah. If we, if we go back to like animated series, I mean, I did watch Spongebob a lot, um, mostly because my little sister, actually, because she was into Spongebob and I started watching it. And I found it really funny. Um, Those little it, sisters, man. Yeah, they always get you into something, right? Right. Um, I got her into a lot of stuff, though, too. Um, like animated wise, I was like 90s cartoons are like my thing. I was mm-hmm. like a huge Rugrats fan. Oh, fucking um, love Rugrats. Still am. I, every time I'm sick, I sort of like weirdly revert back to like my childhood because I, if I'm feeling sick, I will like be in bed and I'll literally turn on like Rugrats or um, Reading Rainbow <laughs> or uh-huh. Mr. Rogers or like yes. Doug or something. And I just like, it's like comfort for me. It's like, you know, some people find like soup or something comforting. I just turn that stuff on and I just feel comforted while I'm sick. And um, I just like to watch it. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, favorite TV shows. That's what they're for. Yeah. And streaming services. That's what they're for. Yeah. Yeah. So Thank goodness for streaming services. Over. Although I, I have realized that I need to just start getting my favorite things on DVD mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I feel like streaming services are getting too full of themselves. They're I agree. steadily, you know, upping the charges and then it's going to, for me, it's like, it's going to get to the point where I just go back to cable. So <laughs> just chill out. Oh my God. <laughs> I know I have like a bunch of dvds and vhs tapes actually and some blu-ray because i'm just like you know what if i what if i don't ever like get the streaming service that this thing moved to you know yeah like i gotta get the office now because they freaking took it off of netflix like psychopaths like we haven't already had a shit year of 2020 and you pull the freaking office 
Parks and Rec. I mean, come on. So I'm not going to get their stupid, um, whatever that app shit is, is called. Is Peacock? Yeah, Peacock. You know, I'm not going to freaking get Peacock just for that. I will instead go out and buy those DVD sets one time only and right. I can watch whenever I want. That's I have right. Titanic on DVD, which is like one of them super cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like one of my favorite movies. Um, I never so- watched it because I saw um, like the Reading Rainbow specials about the Titanic, and I was like, I don't want a drama movie about what happened. That's so funny. I <laughs> <laughs> I love that Reading Rainbow is actually one of my favorite favorite shows growing up. Yes, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, that's how I like. I don't know. That, that's not how I got into reading. I don't think I, I just was always like a bookworm. But I think like mm-hmm. that nurtured me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love reading Rainbow. But yeah, no, Titanic. I watched when I was like seven. <laughs> like, um, I just fell in love with it ever since. It, like totally Jack totally ruined me for every man in the world. Oh. Uh, the, those concepts, like, I guess because I watched him so early on his brand of the love represented in that movie that all or nothing sort of like so selfless completely selfless um love that rarely I think ever exists in the world yeah um became like my idea of true love and unfortunately of course it's so hard to live up to that right (laughs) no I get it I feel that pain it's I mean, so it's not, hard it's not to find so much as like no it's for me it's like it's not pain so much as like just like you're not jack <laughs> so okay I'm, I'm not emotionally invested unless you're unless you're of that caliber you know what I mean somebody yeah. who is able to see the layers of a person that's I, I those little details for me is like what makes it special right like the way that Jack was able to see, and I know you, you said you haven't watched it, but like he was able to see like the l- layers because the movie really starts off with him seeing a beautiful woman, right? Who's uh, totally out of his league. He's poor. She's rich, all the, you know, upper class and everything. And she just, he's just like kind of staring at her. Like she's, you know, wow, amazing. And then he's one night out on the deck, sort of just chilling, laying down on a bench, smoking she runs past she's fully suicidal like just gonna be getting forced to get married to this man who while he's a proper gentleman a cow he's like um rich very very rich he's also an asshole (laughs) she's also not in love with him but her mom is forcing her to you know go along with this arrangement because apparently secretly to nobody's nobody else's knowledge her father left them with a pool of debt and nobody else knows that because they have their good sort of name you know at the time class matter they have their good name sort of hiding them and everybody thinks that they're high class but to secure her future she needed to marry somebody who was you know of high caliber so she just it, it was just like she was basically trapped and you know she was feeling very trapped so she was suicidal she ran past jack and was gonna jump off the boat and wow. um, he talked her out of doing that. And ever since then, like she, he was able to sort of peek through the curtain of who she was and see through the layers and give her all this adventure and all this fun and make her realize that you don't have to 
go along with this path that they're choosing for you, you can choose to a different path. And he helped her do that. I mean, he helped her stay alive and helped her do that. And she was able to live her entire life the way that she wanted to because of Jack. And so um, just all of those little themes for me, like just resonated with my seven-year-old mind and totally screwed me up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had no idea. I didn't know that that part of the movie. That's so nice. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a very, uh, I don't know, tragic romance movie. I love those movies um, where a lot of tragic romances involved. Those are my favorite kinds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cause it's so beautiful. There's something beautiful about how sad it is. So yeah. That's kind of reminding me. <clears throat> well, I was, while you've been talking, I've been trying to think of like, Oh God, like, is there like a male persona or whatever that I have like looked for that's ruined me, you know, for all other men or anything like that? And the only thing that I can think of is that I like him hairy, <laughs> which I know stems from childhood. Sam Winchester. <laughs> no, gross. <laughs> Absolutely he not. has to be addicted to demon blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice head of hair. <laughs> so, so I think that this like comes from. I saw Beauty and the Beast in theater. Oh God! <laughs> when I was a kid, and, and it like, turns out that you thought Beast was the exact kind. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh my God! When he turns into a prince at the end, I was devastated. My little brain was like, "I don't like this guy. This is not. I don't like this at all." You hear and that, then, like, furries? She is <laughs> looking for <no>. you. <laughs> I haven't dated a furry yet. Uh, I'm planning on, I'm very monogamous. I'm planning on staying with my boyfriend. Thank you. But any, anyone cosplaying as the beast. <laughs> yeah, that or, or the other beast, the blue guy from, um, X-Men. Oh God. I was so into him too. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So otherworldly, not human. Um, <laughs> no, but also I'm not into bestiality. So yeah, I'm there's just, a fine line between <laughs> liking a is. very hairy creature and liking an actual animal. Yeah. So far, I've only dated uh, heterosexual um, human men. Uh, I think I'm just going to only tell. <laughs> I know. That's true. It's true. I'm only oh, tell. yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I just I haven't found any man that's measured up to Jack um makes sense yeah I just you know because all again all of those things like that mixture of giving you a sense of adventure because she was so like raised to be in this prim proper this is your box stay in it way right he was able to like take her to his types of parties which were a lot more lax and rambunctious because it's you know people who don't care about like proper whatever Mm -hmm. and like allowed her to sort of chill and be herself like I, I like that sort of like adventurous spirit, somebody who can show me something new. Um, I don't know, like <laughs> it, it, all of it just sort of influenced me. And now it's just like every guy that I date is a joke to me because they're not anything <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds so messed up, but here we are, you know? Well, I mean, talk about messed up I just told you what my type was that's pretty messed up too, so. 
I think that's that's far more common, sadly. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I think like if you're looking for a very hairy man, I think that mm-hmm. you could probably find that. I suppose. There's probably yeah. a website dedicated to it. Probably. I mean, I'll look into that if if uh if anything happens. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I like the one I've got. Thank you. Um but yeah, yeah, no, I was thinking that like that yours is pretty common too, because <laughs> honestly, there should be a, there should be a standard. No, I mean, okay, it's it's sort of like if you won't die for me, what's the point? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like you have to like prove that to me. And I don't mean you you have to die, but <laughs> you know, if you could if you could somehow find a way to prove to me that you would die for me. Yeah. Um, while also giving me a life filled with adventure. Okay. While also seeing through all of my layers, even sure. though I have this huge wall up. Yeah. Um, while also saving me from myself. Wow. Um, what other things? Just also being funny and charming, which are all things that Jack were, looking good in a suit, cleans up nice. I hope someone right now is like t- making a list. I'm like I'm checking okay, it to, twice yeah I've, I've gotta <laughs> work on this and then contact her when I'm ready I've gotta yeah. work on my yeah. my routine uh find out you know how to how to be more adventurous uh more selfless uh, you know I I hope someone out there right now is taking that list I yeah, can't but do the it the thing I'm, is is like Jack wouldn't make a list so oh damn <laughs> you're right <laughs> No, yeah, it's pretty much an impossible standard. Um, I'm, I'm very aware of that. But if if I were to meet someone close to it, then maybe something would be, you know, I don't know, something would come of it. But as of now, I just sort of date people and just fully aware that it's going nowhere fast. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, well, as long as you're okay with that I kind of I, I feel like you know there are people in your life whether dating or not but they're going to be there for a reason or a season or a lifetime I love and when people say that you're only here for winter <laughs> and then you're gone okay that's you're not technically gone. what I meant <laughs> you know a season of your life summer romance more. only <laughs> Looking yes. for seasonal relationships. <laughs> oh man, oh that'd be God. great. <laughs> that'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, just yeah. like seasonal relationships. Only. Just so we know, just put that on your Tinder profile. Like, just so you know, <laughs> you've got a time limit. Looking for a winter boyfriend. My relationship is over upon spring thank you yeah (laughs) will not be available for family engagements (laughs) no 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 cuddle season only yes yeah honestly it's true though because that's a very popular thing that people talk about I mean winter is the season where people try to get into relationships or be in relationships because it's cuddle season because Mm -hmm. everybody is going back home to you know see their families who probably will pressure them if they're single so they want to be in a relationship at the very least um 
yeah, like that. And they, you know, people tend to feel more lonely at that time of year. So they want to be with someone. So yeah, not me. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Unless you're reason you'll, you're willing to freeze in the icy water, like Jack did for Rose. Oh, I thought we were talking like, you know, in a literal sense, I was like, do you live near Lake Superior? Because I mean, I'm in Minnesota. It's fucking cold here. So no, I'm in Florida. It's, it's America's oh basement. My God. I forgot you were in Florida. Yeah. I grew up in yeah. Tampa. I grew up in New Jersey, so it's a long way from home. Mm, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the food. We get um, the humidity here um, because there's just so much greenery. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I miss the food. I hate sometimes. greenery. I know that's weird to say because the earth is mostly green, <laughs> um, which is telling. It's it's probably part of my problem. I hate it here. I hate, I hate it here. <laughs> it's ghetto. I want to leave. <laughs> it's too green. Um Gross. No, yeah, I only like moss. Um, if if it's moss, it's fine. Uh, but any other form of greenery just disturbs me. I oh. don't like the the scent of greenery. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. I just well, don't like nature <laughs> unless it's moss. Moss is really beautiful to me. Moss I don't know. It is why. beautiful. Yeah. Um. <sighs> My sister likes like bodies of water, like the ocean and stuff. I love, I love water. I know I'm, I'm a water sign. We talk about astrology a lot. Um, we've yeah. talked about it a lot. Um, I know. Well, I mean, she is too. I am too. Like she was born in a pool. I just don't like it. I would <laughs> ra- give me greenery, give, leave me in a forest. I'll be fine. Um, I don't want to be near bodies of water. I love bodies of water because they're so mysterious. You can, like, for example, if you're in Florida and you go into a body of water and it looks just fine, it's probably filled with alligators. <laughs> You'll probably be eaten alive, but you'd yes. never know from just looking at the serene view of the water. That's what you know I, I had mean? to like, I had to tell myself here, like, oh, people, you know, go to the lakes all the time. There are no water moccasins here. There are no alligators. Because <laughs> I'm well, like, the girl, you can't like, just put your feet in, in the. You can't just put your feet in in the water. <laughs> no, no, I was almost eaten by an alligator twice. Oh one alligator was at the bottom of a pool, and one alligator was like in a canal. Um, which it looked like a log. I was standing at the edge of this canal and talking mm-hmm. to my friend on the phone because I was on the wrong side of her condo. Oh. And uh turned out that that log wasn't a log at all. It was an alligator inches away from my foot. And the only time I realized this, I just took off running for my life and, right. you know, made it away from the skater. Um, close call though. And yeah, the pool it was at the bottom of my friend's pool. We were going to go swimming. And thankfully we looked before we leaped. Right. And um, yeah, animal control came and got the gator. Wow. So some close calls there. But yeah, <laughs> I think any body of water, even if it's a lake, could be. I mean, the creatures there are unexpected a lot of times, right? Like there's snakes. There's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you go into the ocean, people. It's so it's so fascinating to me the way that people just willy nilly go to the beach and go into the ocean because like that body of water has so many yeah different types of creatures 
um, that it's amazing. I used to like going to the beach at night. There's something thrilling about it for me is, I guess is what I'm saying, because you don't see the danger, but you Mm -hmm. know, it's there and it's so thrilling. And I I've gone to the beach at night. A lot of times just like kind of set out at the beach with my friends at night and people have gone (laughs) swimming at night, which to me is fucking insane, especially in the ocean. Like that is when a lot of sea creatures like hunt and mm-hmm. um I just find it so fascinating how reckless human beings are and like um how invincible we think that we are <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah I just love the ocean for that I like it's mystery and I that's what I like about people too I like uh mysterious types of people um people who don't just tell everything about themselves right from the moment you meet them I enjoy that yeah well I'm, I'm working hard on on doing that because I am a definite oversharer um but I, I I do work on not uh just telling everything all at once but yeah, yeah. no that's that's exactly why I uh, stay away from most people and uh stay away from open bodies and water so I probably no mystery thing. I probably would be an oversharer, but I just don't trust anyone. I'm yeah. an all or nothing person, is what I would say. I'm like, it's either I trust you, and so I'll tell you, you know, more mm-hmm. about me, or I just simply don't trust you, which is like 99.999% of people. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you, you know, anything that matters. But people don't really see that about me because I think that like, that's the part, like I'll tell you things, but I won't like in, you know, daily life, I'll tell people things, but not things that actually matter. Like not um, what I call ammunition. I never give people ammunition to use against me. Whatever information I'm sharing with you, if you were to go and tell another person, if you were to go and like we got into an argument and you just spat that back out at me, like it would have no effect. And that's the kind of information I share. I never share information that like, if you were to go tell another person or if you were to like throw it back in my face, it would actually do any damage, like, you know? And so there's a very, very, very few people in my life that I you know, give any sort of like ammunition to in that sense. And yeah, that's just me. I think that's good. I think that's safe. Yeah. It's it's probably the Scorpio in me. (laughs) That's like, no, you will never hurt me because I will never give you the the ammunition to load your gun. Um, But yeah, I don't know. But I still do like water. I still do like the danger in it. Um, people don't see that thrill. They think it's just totally chill to go swimming in the ocean, catch a wave and things like that. But I feel that I have this sort of connection with, with the ocean and other bodies of water too, to where I feel like there's danger underneath it. And when I jump in, I'm definitely playing Russian roulette. So for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks. thanks. No, thanks. I like, I guess what I'm saying is I like things that I'm afraid of, which is really weird, right? Like I'm fascinated by things that I'm afraid of. When I watch YouTube, I'm like watching all of these like creepy ass snake videos sometimes. And like, um, there was this uh, YouTube channel where it's just this guy who gets bitten by the animals, like when they like bugs that when they sting you, 
it, yeah. it's like the most painful stings in the world. I, and he just like lets him, he finds these like types of animals or insects, I should say, and lets them sting him to see oh, like wow. the pain, it describes what the pain is like. And you watch him get stung on his channel and he like obviously goes fucking, it's like so satisfying to watch it, honestly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. No, like, no. so this is something that you and I like don't have in common because I, I mean, I love animals. <laughs> I something that like can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not really. Like I can kind of relate to it because it's uh, an opposite, which I appreciate because not everybody should have the same thoughts or feelings. You know, um, I have a pet snake. He's very tiny. He fits in the palm of my hand. He's pink. He's very not threatening. Um, but I've also like, always liked animals and um like obviously like the <laughs> creepy snakes or alligators you know eating things I'm not really into that but also like I'm not into you know ASMR or like you know people cutting soap channels so there are things that you know I will watch on YouTube like um <laughs> there's uh, a couple called the Indie Projects and they are restoring a Portuguese barn to a tiny home or you know just van life um cottage core stuff like I'm super into that because it's like calm and peaceful yeah or like dog grooming I'm super into that um but yeah I don't know like to each their own it's really interesting to hear like what you're into I like that yeah, um, it's it's Coyote Peterson is the guy, and um, he his channel is called Brave Wilderness. <laughs> okay, I almost I was gonna bring it up for you so that you can you can get a taste of it. Let's see if I can. Oh God, can, okay. Uh, give you a, a nice little taste of of what this of how satisfying it is. Maybe maybe you'll <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay. I'm Coyote Pearson, and I'm about to enter the Are sting zone it? with yeah. the Executioner Wasp. Here we go. Oh my god. One, two, three. Two. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> Oh my god. 
Yes, that's just a flavor of it, but it is satisfying. <laughs> it's satisfying. I get, I get that. That um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I can feel some kind of brain chemical happening. So something. Yeah, because his video like starts like he's he's like always searching. This is like one of many. He's like always searching for like the highest sting level, and so he goes from like you know things like fire ants and things like that to things like this which are known to like have like really like it hurts so bad and he keeps going up and up and up the sting chart and so you wow. know videos are like you know he, he, he's searching for these things it's like it's such a huge like build up and then he gets stung and he's in so much pain and for some reason <laughs> it just really does it for me I'm just like I don't know I find it first of all fascinating educational but also there's just like some something about <laughs> it's, it's obvious pain and discomfort that's just satisfying to me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I get it. I don't think I'm gonna go back and watch more, but I get it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. This reminds me of, um, like, when people will, like, watch Ghost Hunters and stuff like that. Just, like, you know, getting into different things that scare you. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not scared of ghosts. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> I just think, like, the concept of ghost is just, like, like, if I go off the supernatural concept, so concept of ghosts I feel like Mm -hmm. that's more scary because they like rip into you and kill you but like everybody else's like concept of ghosts like who gives a shit someone died their spirit is still around (laughs) moving shit I mean who gives a fuck like like, leave them alone you know um I don't know why people are so obsessed with it I think like it's it's obviously really hard for a lot of us in our human world yeah um and so to imagine that after you die you have to like be this shadowy sort of creeper is yeah just depressing <laughs> to me frank um, and even like you're trying to solve your own mystery of your de- who gives a shit you're dead like <laughs> you know what i mean like fuck it honestly like um <laughs> so yeah interrupting tonight's episode to introduce the promo for science fiction remnant podcast it's an amazing podcast and i was a guest once had such a fun experience. I loved every moment of it. I'm not a huge sci-fi movie fan, but guess what? We got to talk about the movie Venom. Yeah, Venom, the one with Tom Hardy. He's so hot. But we did an in-depth analysis of the movie and talked about all the plot points. They asked amazing questions. The hosts are so fun and they're such nice people. If you're a huge sci-fi movie fan, or even if you're not, there's something in there for everyone. So I really encourage you to go check them out, leave them some love, likes, comments, reviews. It would mean the world to me. I'm sure it would mean the world to them. So yeah, without further ado, here's the promo for Science Fiction Remnant Podcast. Hello, meat popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us and let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. 
at Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. My my favorite ghost is Patrick Swayze as a ghost. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. It's on my list. It's a, class- it's a classic. It's one of my mom's favorite movies. So I've seen Ghost in, you know, not the new version, that new fucking whatever they tried to do. I don't know. No, that wasn't Ghost. They didn't try to remake Ghost. They tried to me- remake Dirty Dancing, which was oh, trash, yeah. a trash dumpster fire. I heat. don't like remakes very much. No, no, don't remake. If somebody ever tries to remake Titanic, I will punch them in the face. That is a threat. Do it. Uh- <laughs> I'm ready for this. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Ghosts don't scare me. Um, but getting bitten by a creature that looks like that? Ugh. Yeah. Imagine the No, pain. not my thing. Not my also, thing. Also, like, I don't like wasps in general. Like, I I respect bees. I, I should probably respect wasps because I'm sure that they do something. But something that's named executioner wasp doesn't really sound like it has a job except for killing things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, insects all sort of serve mainly a function of like eating certain, like those types of insects eating certain things that, you know, do something for the the ecosystem or whatever. Um, But yeah, I don't care to go out and search for it. Executioner wasps. People, young children have been killed by those animals. Right. And they have nests. And so imagine like his pain with one sting. Oh uh if you encounter which is hundreds and thousands yeah and they're not common obviously and they're not in well-populated areas unless you build into their um you know areas but like yeah i would stay far away from something like that i have gotten uh ravaged because i stepped into a pile of fire ants um and they cling on like when you step into like you know ant pile whatever like you can like bat them away fire ants cling on and like like even as you're batting them away like they're clinging and they like continuously sting and uh those stings like those little bumps and things they last for weeks and they scab and Mm -hmm. things like that it was awful I was so like upset and um yeah I mean since faded all any little markings have faded but like that was awful yeah yeah I remember fire ants especially like growing up in Florida we had some um obviously here they all just freeze if there are any in Minnesota um that's but, funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know like we joke about how the minute the mosquito is the Minnesota state bird oh um, god yeah. yeah yeah that's here too that's Florida's yeah right with mosquitoes but for sure in New Jersey I remember when I was growing up um one thing that we always did every recess was that on the on the playground there was a huge um bee you know beehive and there were like it was like killer bees um you know huge killer bees bumblebees whatever and um what we would do as children like when I was in kindergarten is we would somebody would inevitably every single recess go and kick the beehive and then everyone would run for their lives and that's how recess ended every single day oh my gosh and I remember one time this 
a very cute little boy. His name was Richie. He told me that he had a crush on me and I pushed him into the beehive <gasps> and, and everyone ran and he got stung so many times. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know why I did it. Obviously I was just like a little girl who thought boys were like, Ugh. yeah. Um, and so yeah, I pushed him into the beehive. He got stung tons of times and, uh, Thankfully, he was okay. Like, he wasn't, like, he didn't go into, like, anaphylactic shock or anything. But, like, um, yeah, that was that was terrible. And then I saw the movie My Girl. And then I felt bad <gasps> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. My Girl. The, oh, I saw that when I was too young. Too probably. young. Honestly, a, young. a lot of, a lot of our, you know, not fellow 90s kids and, like, yeah. whatever saw that movie. And, and I... I on one side of me is like that just messed up that we saw that movie that young but then on another right. side of me is like I think the movie industry the film industry really had a, a better respect for children in a sense like they they thought us to be more sophisticated and able to handle more themes sure that's true than yeah. children now they're like a lot more watered down as opposed to then where we were like handed these movies that had a lot of mature themes but a lot of learning lessons in those movies mm -hmm. but now it's like hell no <laughs> like they're not gonna they're not gonna put out a movie like that you know that's true it's very different and that's probably why I like go back to you know <laughs> things that I already own on DVD or whatever yeah. um yeah because not that I have kids right now or am looking for kid content right now but it's so different than even like 10 years ago you know when I was a nanny or anything like that you know like I mean, I remember, you know, Caillou and the Backyardigans and things like that. I fucking hate Caillou. <laughs> we all do. We collectively hate Caillou. So stupid. It is stupid. But, you know, I remember when, like, that was, like, so big. Like, every kid would watch it. Um, but, like, I have no idea. Like, what's what's on right now? Like, what's the big thing for kids right now? Like, I think. Um, there's this, like, little Asian boy. Um, I forgot what my nephew calls him. He's, like, it's, like, a very popular thing. I think Kevin oh. or. Um, I don't know. Um, my nephew's I mean, four, so he watches obviously a lot of like right. cartoons. So he keeps me up on stuff, and he'll ask for gifts from like you know his favorite shows. Um, obviously, I don't do a good job of remembering the names, but oh, like no, that's okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, it it does seem like it it's very different. I mean, different things that were themes in Arthur are are different than what you know what people think it's palatable for children now um yeah I don't know weird totally so, weird totally. um I mean I watched I watched really interesting things as a as a kid uh I remember ah real monsters cat dog um you know beavis and butthead and mm -hmm. all those things yeah that was just it was fun those were we fun watched, times. We watched Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Dexter's Lab. Honestly, that was like when I was kind of getting a little older for that. Like my sister was almost mm -hmm. the one who was kind of like watching it, but then I'd be sitting there watching it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and she had her stupid ass Hannah Montana face, and mm-hmm. like that's a Raven, and you know those weren't bad shows. It's just like I they were for me they were her shows, you know, <laughs> like right. Um, I hated Blue's Clues and Teletubbies. Um, I was at that time watching like As Told by Ginger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just weird shit like that. Comforting things. Um. Yeah. But now I gravitate to horror. Horror is like where I live. <laughs> it's like, and I like religious-based horror. I like watching the movies like The Conjuring and like Insidious and all those like, you know, that whole series of, of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, horror makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly I get my jollies off of watching people and <laughs> like... <laughs> terrified agony agony yeah because you know what I think what it is too is that those things seem a lot more um realistic to me than, sure than uh than anything else yeah I think that makes sense yeah um but yeah let's talk about speaking of that let's talk a little bit about trauma um I think that you have brought up a lot of the beginning of the traumas in your life sure um which I can't even begin to relate to because that seems like a nightmare scenario <laughs> um being it the only thing that I can compare and even like possibly it reminds me of I watched a documentary called Kalahina Sky and it is the Kings of Leon documentary okay if you've heard of that band I have so they they put out a a documentary and I found it so fascinating but point being they were preacher's kids they were raised in a very you know like sheltered non-secular way and they weren't allowed to listen to any you know non-religious music and they were pretty much yeah preacher's kids their dad was a preacher and they were homeschooled and they didn't have a lot of money and um you know things were just a little bit off and uh then their world was rocked when they found out that their dad uh first of all cheated on their mom and second of all became an alcoholic and so they just kind of felt like everything they ever knew was sort of a lie and um anyways like that descended into them sort of getting into all sorts of things but mostly you know they explored music rock and roll and then sort of, you know, got their deals and became rock stars and all of that. And there's still their weird relationship with religion and, and, and their mixed feelings about all of it. And so that's the only thing that, you know, is in my catalog to compare to, to something like what your situation was, which probably doesn't even come close to being similar. Well, that documentary sounds really interesting. I made a note that I'll go and watch it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I kind of told you, I'm I'm an open book. I think that the the trauma started prior to me being nine. Um, but trauma is also something that you have to kind of like work through for a really long time. One one big thing. Um, so my parents would do this thing the like I said you know when Chris was born they left her with me um but me and the first of my siblings um my brother and my two sisters when we were born 
they would do this thing where they would drop us off at a farm. We lived in Iowa, and I guess that there was this family at one of our churches. Um, they just like left us there. And I like my first memory is seeing my parents through a screen door, not understanding who they were. Um, to age four, another sibling had been born. We were at the same farm. I remember the next day we were supposed to like find out how hay was made. And I'm sorry. When that we got like an episode of the office. It's like, I know it's, it's like, it doesn't I'm sorry seem, I'm not laughing at your situation no 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 it's fine because like I mean I'm kind of laughing too because none of this should make sense like none of it seems like real life yeah yeah like okay. none of it um but yeah so like I, I was really upset that I wasn't gonna be able to learn how to make hay the next day because my parents were just suddenly at the farm ready to pick up their three kids like it <laughs> I, I was like really annoyed with them (laughs) but that's also like where my chronic illness started um like I have fibromyalgia which is a pain disorder um basically oh that's rough yeah yeah but uh, it's because uh your brain is so used to going to uh you know red alert fight or flight that now everything feels like pain and um like I'm 35 now I was diagnosed maybe six years ago um but you know that's like test after test of the doctors and the therapists and you know lab results coming back saying no you have perfectly fine cholesterol perfectly fine this and that nothing should be wrong with you um but it's just it's because I was panicked you know, the whole time I, I never knew, you know, what to understand or experience that also threw me, uh, in puberty into having my period every day from age 14 to 19. And it wasn't something that I was allowed to talk about, um, or go to the doctor for because my parents didn't believe in doctors. So (laughs) all of these things, kind of just like build up and my again like going back to Dean from from Supernatural my MO was okay I don't think I'm having a childhood I have to make sure Chris and my other sisters do um and that's something that we've talked about on and off the podcast too because anything that we bring to the podcast we've already like talked about um but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Did you want me to go into any of those things? I'm sure your mouth is probably still open. <laughs> I mean, um, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it's up to you if you want to go into it. Yes. Uh, that was all very shocking. Um, yeah. Uh, (laughs) okay. So lots to unpack here. Yeah. Um, 
I'm smiling just so you know. <laughs> not I don't know my I, brain. Not that I, not honestly, that I wanted like, to shock you. No, I, my brain like always just when it comes to things like that are so like clearly insanely traumatic and I just have like a dark sense of humor. So it just makes yeah. me start to laugh. And like uh, <laughs> the fact because I, I thought that you were going to say like where I thought you were going, which is kept making me laugh was that you were going to say that you like got ended up getting fibromyalgia because you didn't get to learn how hay was made. So I was like dying oh. laughing. Um, <laughs> Fuck yes. That's the most traumatic <laughs> event in my life. No. I don't know how no. to make hay. That's the worst <laughs> thing ever. I was on the back of a truck and I was so excited. It was the best day of my life. And then we got back to the farmhouse. I was like, my day tomorrow is going to be even better than today. And my fucking parents are there. You didn't want me yesterday. Why do you want me today? Fuckers. I need to learn about hay. Yeah. I mean, it really is surreal because it definitely like, I don't know how much of the office you've watched, but it sounds like the shrewds almost like it sounds it totally fucked up. And like, 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 you know how Dwight will always say weird shit. Like, yeah, I, I delivered yes. my, you know, mouth and like, like just, that's like where my brain keeps going. And I'm like, what the, you know? Yes. Yeah. But obviously like that was your reality and that's completely fucked. Like, <laughs> it's it's totally screwed up and where where do you no it's not funny it it can be I'm fine with it my therapist knows so we're good we're good um where do you stand with your first of all where do you stand with your parents right now Ooh, okay (laughs) um the short answer is that we don't talk to each other Okay. The long answer is that 13 years ago, uh, my dad decided to get in with a cult leader. Um, what? And- <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, at the time, we had lost our house because my parents were not working. They, uh, my dad is a sociopath, undiagnosed, but for sure, that's what's going on. My mom is codependent with him. Um, and when he decided to uh get on with uh, with with this cult leader guy who had the same thoughts and values and madness as my dad um it became very apparent that we were in um physical trouble you know um he would he had uh like eight kids and they lived in a compound in tampa um, right next to the was it Scientology or nope it was his own thing um, and they would use the bible and then you know talk a lot about how uh, churches get it wrong um, but it got to the point where all of my dad's cheating and beating my brother and threatening my mom and you know putting us through everything for 22 plus years was all my fault. Um, He actually said that I, as an infant, had told him to cheat on my mother, Um, specifically with um, fucking dudes. 
And I don't feel that as an infant, I had the capacity to say those words. Yeah, you were like Stewie. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And obviously, you know, from age nine, I I knew that my dad was bad news. Um, Prior to that, I had known that he would like disappear for a while. Um, And I, I, I think my mom just like said it was work or that he was with his friends or whatever. So she knew um, it was just, it, it didn't cult. make sense. Yes. So the cult, it got to the point where they had decided, he and the cult leader uh, decided that I was uh, the devil incarnate basically. Um, and that I wasn't allowing them to live God's purpose. Um and <clears throat> I was paying all the bills. I was paying for my parents' cell phones. I was paying for the internet. Uh, I was paying for the dog food and the people food and getting into credit card debt at the time. I was um, 22, I think. And um, he, he said that I needed to either get in line or get out. <clears throat> so I called someone to come and get me. Um, and it became just very apparent very quickly that he was going to kill me and my sisters and my mom. Um, so he, sorry, drop- how did it become apparent? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. No, let me see if I can explain. Have you ever seen a dog attack someone or attack another dog? Yeah. So there's like the shift in the eyes. Um, that happened also, it didn't seem like my normal dad anymore. It seemed like something else, someone else. It was like he, he had shifted. Um, and I just felt, um, I gotta go, you know, just that pervasive, it was, it was just that thought like, gotta go, gotta, gotta go now. Something bad's going to happen. Gotta go. Um, so he took my brother who had just, uh, renounced, um, any relationship with me, um, to work. Uh, and when he got back, he went and my dad went and told my mom, you know, talk her into staying. So my mom was like, your dad wants you to stay. You know, we want you to stay. We just want you to, you know, go along with, with what, you know, we believe now. Um, and I said, no, like, it's fine. I'll go. Um, and so I, I left and we're all alive. Um, but I, I, I know that he would have killed all of us. Um, and my brother would have come home to all of us being dead, including our, um, animals. Um, from there. Why do you think he would have killed the animals? I've seen him go off on our animals before, um, with chairs and, um, yeah, he, when he was physically abusive, it was always toward my brother. Um, he would have us like line up and spank all of us with like 
wooden spoons or belts and things like that. Um, not because we had done anything wrong, um, but just because he was in the mood too. Um, but I, I have seen him like attack um, our dogs and stuff. Um, after that though, it was easier for him and the cult leader to still choose me uh, as the bad guy. Um, they also said that I had um, like brainwashed my little sisters into not believing as well. Um, and then a few months after that, I, I, I was a pre-K two teacher at the time. Um, and one of the kids in my class actually like had called me about how excited he was about, you know, we were talking about dinosaurs or something in the class and just hearing his voice, you know, made me cry. So I remember him saying, <clears throat> mommy, Miss, Miss Cannon's crying. So she took the phone from him and, um, she was like, what's going on? And I was like, you know, I'm staying at this person's house right now, but this is what's going on. And she was like, I'm going to come and get you. Uh, so I lived with them for over a month. And then after that, my third cousin um, got emergency custody of his daughters here in Minnesota. Um, so I had a way out because I was already a childcare provider. Um, I was able to get here and kind of start a new life. I, I, at that point, um, one of my sisters had aged out and my brother had decided that my dad was crazy and he got away. He actually moved a state away. My dad hitchhiked and found him and bummed on his couch. Um, and the cult leader got, you know, a little bit less in our lives every single day. Um, but then they took my sisters, um, one the oldest sister came up here and lived with me and we kind of like tag team nannied um for the kids uh um but the 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 final straw with me not talking to my parents and not talking to my brother I mean, I, I think I said before like my brother has always been the you know honor your father and mother um and that was our divide when I was nine and he was seven. Um, and it still goes on to this day. He hasn't had any therapy. He has, he uh, chooses not to remember certain things that happened. Um, and he still is trying to have, you know, and has chosen his relationship over uh, with, chosen his relationship with my parents uh, over his relationship with um, me, which is fine. Um, you know, it, I'm not going to stop anybody from having a relationship with my parents if that's what they want to do. But what actually stopped me talking to them and like, you know, blocking them on, on different things was that um, my next sister came up here to live with me and kind of like start her own life. Um, and she was like actively like taking my car. She started dating a felon. She just decided um, that like, that I had, uh, you know, made her life hell, even though I was giving her every opportunity that I could. Um, and then my mom started bullying me on Facebook Messenger from afar. <laughs> um, you know, is this what Minnesota nice is to you? How could you do this to your sister? And, you know, obviously she wasn't even in 
in the situation she had no idea you know um what was going on but I just decided that I didn't need the bullying anymore um so yeah I just I cut ties so the only person that I have left is is Chris that is a very you know obviously traumatic and sad story (laughs) um yeah I mean that that's horrible first of all I'm sorry that happened to you and that's still a reality in your life you know yeah I mean it sucks not gonna lie but also like there is freedom in being alone (laughs) as 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 weird as that sounds I mean she's far away my sisters don't live here anymore um they cut me out in their own ways um and I don't know like I I think for me and the personality that I have and always trying to nurture and trying to you know, take care of other people, I needed to be in a position where the only person that I can take care of is me. Right. So it kind of forced you to, to care about yourself and and do what you needed to do for yourself. Yeah. I, I, I decided that it wasn't just something that happened to me. It could be something that opened the gateway for something better for me. Right. That's a great takeaway. (laughs) um (laughs) it is uh but it's a crazy fucking story holy shit uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like if everything else before that wasn't enough now it's like a fucking cult leader gets involved and your dad's gonna snap and kill you and the fact that you have to know that look thank god you do look in someone's eyes when they're gonna snap and kill you yeah Um, which is, I mean, I, I understand that definitely. I got, it definitely got to a volatile point in my own, you know, household too, where, where I think that there were, where there were moments in time where I was the only line of defense between my dad doing something, you know, physically harmful or worse to, you know, my mom and my sister and I, mm-hmm. um, that I was that only line because I was so like dogmatic and like constantly like standing up for them and like aggressive and like um just not letting it happen you know what I mean um yeah it's just those situations are are so volatile and, and sometimes like I like I remember when being in the situation like you just want to get out of it and then when you, you did you have that moment like Cause I know when you're in a situation, you just want to get out of it. And did you have that moment when you got out of it, that you, that something's quieted down and that all of that trauma sort of caught up to you because you were no longer in survival mode? Um, yes. And unfortunately, I don't think that that happened truly until, well, I guess I haven't even like mentioned this. I was married. So I went from, I went from being the provider and going through all of that trauma with my parents into an abusive relationship um shit based on my religion (laughs) oh my god um and when that's what they call jumping out of the river and (laughs) go into the ocean (laughs) yeah yeah and it, it I mean it got to the point where I was again in a position where I wasn't allowed to talk 
what I needed didn't mean anything. Um, I was, you know, told not to go to the doctor um, and that what I believed was wrong. Um, and then I was like, <laughs> he thought that I was cheating. It was just that I had a guy friend. Uh, I was helping edit books, um, his books at the time. Um, and, and it got to the point where it was just like, you know, we were supposed to be leaders of a Bible study and I wasn't allowed to speak until after he had spoken. Uh, and the other like women in the Bible study were like <laughs> liberal and oh, wow. very, okay. very open, but I wasn't allowed to be. Um, and then I was like, I wrote him a long letter. He did not like to read, um, but I was like, you know, communication is rough. Um, how are we going to do this? You know, when, wait when a minute, actually you wrote him a letter. I did because I couldn't speak anymore. I had developed aphasia. Oh my um, God. So I, I went from being the same person in the same situation from my parents straight to him. Um, and you know, he was calling me a liar while he, reading each line. Um, and and it got to the point where I was like, you know, how can we work on communication because it can't be this bad. Like I'm trying to work through my trauma. I'm trying to, you know, get to a healthier weight, get my health so that we can do our plan of, you know, being parents. And he was like, well, I decided we're not having kids. Um, okay. so yeah. Um, so I had to feel out that situation too, because there, I had a, a plan that I was going to leave him on a Tuesday and he threw Why it on a Tuesday. Well, that was, uh, when I would be at work and then I could just possibly not come home. Okay. Um, that was my plan, but he threw a temper tantrum Sunday morning. So I was able to drop him off at his mommy's house on a Sunday instead of leaving him <laughs> on a Tuesday. Okay, but again it was like he was a, a person who I felt physically would harm me um yeah I don't know so a after after all of that after I finally was like okay he's not coming back. He had taken himself off of the lease. He took the car from me while we were at, while I was at work. Um, you know, I was allowed to have the apartment, things like that. Like after all of that, then I came to the place of like relief, like, oh my gosh, I don't have to take care of my siblings. I don't have to deal with my parents. And I don't have to deal with his bullshit anymore. And I can just work on me. That's where like the relief and the, oh my God, this happened came. Yeah, that took quite a while. It sounds like. It did. Yeah. Yeah, those for me in my own life, those were some of my darkest moments is when all of that caught up to me you know and I had that like you said that breather that moment where everything was finally okay in a sense mm -hmm. like that's when I was probably the most depressed um you know ever because then you get to thinking about that you have all of that 
room to actually think about like what yes. the fuck just happened and it, it's just like it just rocks you absolutely um when I was married I was on like I think 10 medications and I had a team of like nine doctors between physical therapists and rheumatologists and different people trying to figure it out and then after I got away from my ex-husband my stress levels went down (laughs) wouldn't you know it (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) so I was still like emotionally a wreck but also I had a team of professionals that were rooting for me um which is not something that I had ever had before well that's so yeah there was there was still like the crumpling and being upset and small and um depressed but also like I know that that was the time when I I started coming out of it I think I had to get to the most (laughs) bottom of places that I could get in order to, to start climbing out Yeah, I mean, well, kudos to you for actually, you know, work, being able to work through any of that. I mean, that is an insane thing uh, to go through. All of those things. And I'm sure you only just like grace the surface. Of yeah. Everything <laughs> that happened. So it's like, geez, man. I mean, wow. Well, but I also it- like, thanks for letting me like talk about it too because it's not something that I hide it's not something that I am like ashamed of there are so many people who go through so much shit and we're taught to not talk about it um and I am proud that I'm in a position where I can yeah yeah absolutely I mean that's what I'm the biggest advocate of that's the whole premise of this show (laughs) is to talk about you know the crazy things that have gone on in our lives because not talking about it gives those people power over us and the people who are still in those situations like god forbid there's a girl or a boy or anyone any kind of person who is sitting down that ends up listening to this podcast episode and is going through a similar situation they may be feeling like so alone in that situation Mm -hmm. because nobody else is going to speak of and talk about, you know, that these things happen. Um, And so to hear that it does, I think in a sense is like comforting, you know? Yeah. And um, that's, that's really what I try to make people feel is less alone because I know what it's like to feel alone. And I'm sure you felt very alone in that situation many times. I have. And actually I think when you, posted your episode about um you know the suicide attempt um most recently uh I was like okay I can't just be like a casual listener right now like I need to let her know I'm here (laughs) and I can take it I know I know it was that was really hard uh so many people and and uh, you know this is a thank you for bringing that up this is a good opportunity to say thank you to you and to everybody who reached out to me there's quite a few people who did reach out to me who like sent me their phone numbers to call them um if I needed to talk I mean it was an overwhelming outpour of genuine kindness and, and, you know, love and support. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everyone, uh, who, who did reach out to me. Uh, however, it just made me every time, like it totally made me cringe inside because I just, you know, 
I don't know. I, it's hard for me to process those things and like, yeah, not feel like you said, you know, we're taught not to talk about these things. And for me, it's like not only taught not to talk about it, but just the kind of person I am, like it's, it's almost feel, felt embarrassing in a way, you know? Sure. Um, but I forced myself because I, again, I like, I'm like, you know, I know that people go through these things and like, I don't want, um, to stay silent on it but yeah. it was really hard. And I just, I did the biggest thing for me is like, I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. And so <laughs> like every, with every person who reached out, I was like, no, like, I don't want them to feel sorry for me. Well, I, um, but, I, which I know I, I mean, wasn't I, the case. Like, you know what I mean? Like I get, I know that it wasn't the case, but like, yeah. I just had to work through that internally as like, ah, oh, like, <laughs> well, like makes me I'm feel proud like of shit. you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm proud of you for, saying what you did and also for um you know just continuing to be here and work through things but also like I mean I can't speak for everyone yeah, else I, pussy out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I can't I can't speak for anyone else but like I mean I don't feel sorry for you I'm just like I mean you put yourself out there I might as well put myself out there like it for me it felt more of like you know, a grasping of hand, like, you know, we're kind of, we're in this together. It it, not, (laughs) I wasn't trying to like push you to talk to me, but I I think just the things that I've gone through and the things that like I carry, like whatever it is that you're going through, it's not going to like weigh heavy on me. And I just wanted you to know that like, I'm a safe bet if you needed me. And I don't like offer that to everyone. I yeah, don't offer that to everyone. are not open to the world. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> sorry, no. Um, but, you know, so many things in my life, you know, I've explained about like my ex-husband and my dad, like there are just things that I, f- I feel. And I, I just felt like, first of all, I have no idea how I found your podcast in the first place. Um, <laughs> Said everyone. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But also, like, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, like, I'm listening because this feels good. Like, I like your energy. Like, it, it it just, it makes sense to me. And then, like, speaking to you, I just wanted you to know if you were open to, you know, needing a stranger to talk to. Because honestly, sometimes it feels a whole lot better to talk to a complete stranger. Yeah. And and info dump on them than to, like, actually be working on a friendship, you know. God forbid yeah, friends absolutely. exist. Um, yeah. And I, I think not to tell everyone else to do that, but I think you've got to work on your gut and go with what you feel like you're being led to do. It can save your life. And not only that, hopefully it can help someone else's. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, grew up, you know, semi-religiously and things like that. And, um, if there's one thing I learned about through Jesus is that don't trust your fucking friends, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys thought that was going somewhere else, but no. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Don't trust your fucking friends, you know? Fuck yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah. They'll get you killed. Uh, <laughs> strangers are a lot nicer. <laughs> unfortunately true unfortunately true yeah man 
the truth. Everybody tries to, uh, you know, throw that, that fact away. And a lot of facts, like if you're religious and you try to skip past the fact that Jesus was like actually friends with midgets and whores and, mm-hmm. you know, liars and thieves and all these types of people, I then mean, you got you it just, wrong. You got it wrong, dude. Like <laughs> he was very liberal, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, he was, by the way, Middle Eastern. Okay, so just stop. You know? Oh my God, Jesus wasn't white. <laughs> stop with drawing him. <laughs> fucking white guy. He's Middle Eastern. Get over it. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see Jesus fan art of Middle Eastern Jesus. Everybody yeah. out there. <laughs> Jeez, like, come on. He would have never survived in that sun. You think he could go out there oh, in the desert man. that color? He would fucking <laughs> be like a prune by the like time he got back. Oh my God, I know. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just accept it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, the the whole call I want to also point out too like just yeah. in general the um the whole cult thing is obviously a very interesting aspect it's interesting to me and I think to a lot of people because it's insane that these things exist sure um I to relate it back to tv I did watch a show called the following I don't know if you've ever heard of it no, but I'll add that to my list too. It is amazing. I can 100% recommend that with full faith. Like it is amazing. Kevin Bacon is in it, if you know who that is. I do. Uh, but yeah, it's a great, great, great show. I think with what happened to you, maybe a little traumatizing. Um, I mean, the weird thing is I'm kind of into thrillers that have to do with cults. I don't know why. Okay, then, think- then this is going to be fucking amazing. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll tell you the little plot. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, actually, you know what? I'm going to read it from online because because I think like it just probably will do a better job. Okay. Um, hold on one second. Well, like I can say too, like the cult leader that we were involved with, or that my dad is still currently kind of involved with because they're best friends. Um, he's kind of a, a failed cult leader. Um in that everyone that he tried to get to follow him, he just kept giving so many death threats that they just left. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Um, you can't give those death threats too early, man. Yeah, and just so many, like so many a day, you know? My dad said it just got tiring, so he left. Um, Your dad left? Yeah, but like I said, they're still best friends um oh, so like okay. they talk all the time it's all just right. that the guy <laughs> so- <laughs> it's just that the guy doesn't have like followers followers like living in his compound um yeah that's why uh, I don't know like I'll watch cult things like the path or like you know I'm excited about the following things like that because it still has to do with the human mind and the human condition and like why people choose to believe or choose to stay like that's always like super interesting to me um for my family it was just straight up religious manipulation and mental illness um and I mean my family is poster children for mental illness not taken care of um and I'm (laughs) 
I'm unfortunately one of the the two that's getting away from that and is actually like, you know, going to therapy, getting medication if needed, you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, there, there's <laughs> mental illness actually, you know, exists. And we, we who know about it need to, you know, work on getting uh, mental health or, you know, see our mental health get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I did find uh, the description of the show here. So. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So the FBI calls on Ryan Hardy, a former agent with physical and emotional scars, when Joe Carroll, a notorious serial killer he apprehended years earlier, escapes from death row. Carroll, an English professor and novelist fixated on Edgar Allan Poe, mutilated and killed 14 women before he was imprisoned. Oh. Hardy and the FBI learn that while he was incarcerated, Carroll spent his time gathering a collection of cult-like followers. The recruits proved themselves willing to commit murder, facilitate abductions, and even sacrifice themselves in order to help Carroll with his deadly objectives and achieve his ultimate goal, to exact what? revenge on Ryan Hardy. Ooh. It is really good. Oh my goodness. I love this show so much. <laughs> it's totally under, underrated and um, amazing. And I think like the first episode in, you're like, it hooks you like beginning freaking scene. It hooks you. And uh, it is dark. And Edgar Allan Poe was always one of my favorites um, because he was so dark and twisted. <laughs> he just yeah. became the most interesting one that got brought up in, in school literature when we talked about poetry. Mm -hmm. Um but the fact that, yeah, like, like Carol focuses on him and tries to, he like, he, because he's an English professor, he like relates his, his crimes. He likens them to things that have Edgar Allan Poe references in a way. It's totally okay. sick. And, but he, he's, he's like, it's sick because like, he's attractive. He had a wife, the wife ends up not to spoil it, like likes <laughs> Ryan, you know what I mean? Like it, it's so fucked up, but so good. <laughs> like I, I hundred percent recommend it. If you watch it, please let me know because then we can talk about that too. Okay. Yeah. I will let you know. Yeah. I'm going to find it after this. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it might be on Netflix. If I'm not mistaken, but it's somewhere, it's somewhere streaming okay um but yeah i i do enjoy I actually listen to a podcast uh that focuses on cults i'm sorry that to that podcast because i'm blanking out on the name <laughs> um but they do focus on cults and um i'm gonna probably i'll put in the episode description i'll find it after um right. they focus on cults and um you know how like how the what the premise of the cult was whether it's successful or unsuccessful and they just kind of talk about that. And yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just, it's crazy how the human psyche works. And I think a lot of that has to do with like a lot of us human beings, some more than others, really have a pre, like an inclination to follow something. They want to, whether it's a religion, whether it's a person to idealize, whatever it may be, they want to sort of like, it seems like a natural thing to want to like, follow someone or show reverence towards something or someone yeah. you know uh almost in like a subservient way yeah. and i think like 
like when somebody's able to make themselves into something that you know they say that you should follow or you know with authority and what whatnot it's very easy to manipulate a lot of people into into following behind them especially if they're evil i mean for some reason you know if they have nefarious intentions people tend to be more drawn to that Mm -hmm. uh naturally what that says about human beings um I guess we, <laughs> we see that every day, yeah. but uh, I guess the forbidden too is actually probably really appealing to people. I think that's probably what it is. Cause since even when you observe children, when you tell them no for something, then they're more, you know, likely to try to try that thing out. And so maybe the forbidden is just kind of appealing to people too. And that's why that's true. win a lot of the time. It's true. Scary situations. Don't go into cults, kids. Don't join a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Negative uh-huh. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Wouldn't recommend it. And hopefully, I mean, your family doesn't get involved with a cult. It's so easy to, especially if you become obsessed with something. That's a very dangerous thing too. Like, yes, becoming obsessed with a certain topic or subject can lead to either you may be obsessing so much that you form a cult or that you mm-hmm. join a cult with those themes in mind. So like, that's also very dangerous. Don't like start to get so obsessed with something that you make it your whole life. Right. The world is bigger than that. That's right. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I feel like, I honestly feel like I'm probably a person that like, if, if a cult leader caught me while I was like younger. Sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Did you see wild, wild country? No. On Netflix. Mm-mm. Okay. I would say that's my cult recommendation to watch. Okay. Um, wild, 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 wild. Yes. Wild, wild okay. country. Uh, um, that's, that's probably the cult that I would have gone into. I think a lot of people would have actually there was some I think col- and I think there's something about being in a cult that makes you feel powerful too. That's the thing. That's a draw as well. Like, you yeah. know, if you join a cult that you feel sort of like powerful above other people, people are scared of you even like mm. I think there's something in that that makes like people, you know. I think that's why people become satanists and shit like that. Like you just cuz it's so like like once you say that about yourself, it's like, oh shit, you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's uh, actually, oh my God. So this is, this is a big theme between me and Chris in our podcast because spoilers, uh, Stephen's mom, um, Steven was universe. Stephen universe. <laughs> His mom, uh, was a narcissist and people would always like fall in love with her. Um, same thing with Steven's dad like he he was like immediately in love with her and she was like listen you would be very fun to play with uh but you're a human your life is short you should run along now and he was like no like I want to be here but like the the whole like you'd be fun to play with like he is a toy and she is a predator (laughs) 
Yeah. And you know um, what? I think, by the way, yeah. if you say that, I find that interesting too. Cause you know, people always big up like self love is so important. Like you can't, like no one will love you until you love yourself. Like mm. I think there's a, like, that's an interesting perspective to put on it. Like, like it with narcissists. So many people get so attracted to narcissists. These are obviously people yeah. who love themselves like way too much. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, it kind of brings truth to the fact that like, when you love yourself, you become that much more appealing and attractive to other people because I guess they maybe they see like, oh, if you love yourself, then there's something there to love, I guess. That's true. But it's also like complete bullshit because I am still working on loving myself now. And I am in like a really good relationship with someone who, I mean, this is honestly, this is our third try. We've gotten together and broken up twice before this because not making of our... a good case here <laughs> no I know like my bad communication but it, it honestly like I can put on me and my bad communication but he cares about me even though I don't love myself that doesn't mean he's not the right person for me he is helping me understand that I can love myself like you not that having a good partner is the fix it for not loving yourself but you don't have to always be alone to start loving yourself like you should you should always be working on you and working on I mean this is your one body this is your one life as far as we know work on that live in that be present in that and if you have somebody who wants to be with you that's cool but you don't have to determine yes I love myself today I'm ready for a relationship that's bullshit yeah (laughs) sometimes I feel like people lie to themselves about that for sure oh yeah I feel like me I'm just like I I don't know something's weird about it because I feel like I not I bounce back between two extremes I have so many moments where I just fucking hate myself Mm -hmm. and then I have um you know these other moments where I have it's like have the superiority complex where I just think that I'm the best shit never walk the earth yeah um and I don't know why <laughs> but it just happens like that but either way yeah you're right I mean you know what if somebody loves you and they care about you and you like this person and whatever else like yeah why not like don't just say okay I don't love myself yet don't I can't be with anyone well like part um, of if you feel that it. way well you know but I mean, part, part of it is just because I've lost my whole family, you know, and uh, when I left that house that night, I figured my dad was still going to kill, you know, my sisters. So like, I kind of mourned. Oh, that's dark that you well, were able to leave knowing that they were probably going to get killed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I grieved my entire family a couple of times. Um, well, like every man for himself. <laughs> <laughs> also like that does give me... I guess the right word is complex, but you know, everybody has left me. So like, where am I going to be with myself? Do you, wait, do you think that your other sister, do you think your other sister that came up that you said that, you know, was borrowing your car and doing all these Mm -hmm. things, do you think that it's possible that maybe she resented you for leaving them in that situation? Oh yeah. The family calls it the day that Kenan left, not uh, the day that dad almost tried to kill all of us. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they they call it the day Kenan left. 
And it probably was convenient for them because you were a really good scapegoat mm-hmm. for him to take things out on so that when you left, it became harder for them. Yeah, I don't fight back. I don't fight back. I don't, you know. And honestly, that had come up because I had actually spoken my mind. Um, and, you know, my dad had gotten threatening and I had said, you know, every- he was like, you know, when you go to the work and you come back, like all your stuff is going to be on the lawn. And I was kind of like, you know what? Um, I own everything in this house. So. Yeah. Cause you pay for it. I pay for it. <laughs> I'm like, if that's something that you want to do. Okay. Um, but you know, he didn't like that. I stood up for myself and the, the same with my ex-husband, it crumbled because I spoke up for myself. And I did it in the most respectful way that I could because me and self-preservation are it. But also, I mean, all of this lends itself to me thinking, well, if I lose my partner, if he, you know, goes his way or, you know, we, we split for some reason, um, you know, I'm still going to have to live with me. So part of me is kind of like, well, I want to just hold him so tight so that he doesn't leave. But then another part of me is like, well, I wouldn't want that. (laughs) You know, I I wouldn't want to be smothered. So there is like this, this balance in myself that I, um, I have to allow him to be him and me to be me and, you know, deal with issues you know communication or or not but in the end it's just going to be me and I have to learn how to love this and I'm not there yet point blank period I'm, I'm not there yet um but it's something that I'm working on something that I, I I think is important absolutely Absolutely. And cheers to you for, for doing that and for working on yourself and recognizing all of these things about yourself being, uh, in my opinion, honest with yourself um, about some really difficult things. I think that's like, you're, you're definitely well on your way to, to getting to a place where you could potentially, you know, be in a healthier, self-loving state of mind um so I think that's really cool very inspiring and I <laughs> hope we're listening to this uh feel inspired yeah if you're going growing up and you delivered your sister in a bathtub and you know cult your dad joined a cult and you feel like you're we're about to die at some point things do get better and they you know, do they do get better um, so, and you're not alone. You're not, you're certainly not the only one. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, well, that said, I think, you know, um, this has been such a great conversation. First of all, very eye opening. Uh, we delved into a lot of traumatic situations. We talked about a lot of very cool TV shows and, and different things. Um, so it's been very illuminating and fun. And I want to give you a chance here to, Go ahead and tell us again where to find uh, your podcast, all of your social media. If there's any projects that you're working on that you want everyone to check out, let the people know. 
Okay. Uh, so our Twitter is gems underscore pod. Our Instagram is unearthed gems pod. Uh, you can join our Facebook group at unearthed gems podcast. Uh, we also have an email if you want to send us an email, uh, unearthed gems podcast at gmail.com. And um, I don't know, as far as projects, Chris just moved uh, this weekend. That's why she is not on our podcast today. She's just super tired, uh, which makes sense because she said it took her like seven hours or something. That sounds like a lot. Um, and she also like, you know, has a full-time job and stuff. But as far as projects, I think we're just gonna get back into our groove of doing our uh, our episode as often as possible. Our original plan was that we would watch two episodes of Steven Universe um, per episode of the podcast. And we would put out two of those podcasts every week. That has not happened because life keeps happening. Um, but I mean, anything that we, you know, are working on or collabing, you know, uh, like with Local Neighborhood Baby, we'll probably just post it to our Instagram or put it in our Facebook group. And we are always up for happy comments and dms um please no spoilers though that's part of our show i don't know anything that's happening in the in the rest of the episodes of steven universe just up to where we're currently at and i only watch the episodes right before we record so um no spoilers oh my gosh it's gonna be such a, a interesting um world when we are actually at the end and I've watched the final episode and I know everything about it then it's just gonna be wild but I mean come for the ride <laughs> well you heard it here folks go for the ride go to unearth gems find it anywhere you want to listen be sure to follow Keenan on uh Instagram Facebook groups anything you want yeah. Uh, and yeah, I I think that that's such a cool concept. Two sisters talking about a show that you know they one really loves and one hasn't watched. Uh, I think that's that's just an amazing perspective. So yeah, uh, definitely go check it out. And thank you so much again uh, for being part of today's episode. It's such an honor to have you on. Such a thrill. Oh my gosh, it's so nice being on here. Thank you. Yeah, it was such a good time. We always have a good time when we talk. So I yes. appreciate it. Thank yes. you for letting me be on. Thank you for being on. And until next time, bye. I hope that you all have enjoyed this little nightcap. I hope that it sent you off to your sweet, sweet slumber. And even if it hasn't, I hope that it got you halfway there. Be sure to go check out Unearth Gems, the podcast about Steven Universe. Even if you haven't watched that show, even if you don't want to watch that show. Still, go listen to that podcast. Why? Who doesn't want to listen to a podcast about two sisters who have been through the ringer and who are relating a show back to their traumas and everything that they're going through in their lives? That's a show worth listening to. That's a show where you'll find this warm, warm comfort, inclusion, everything. So go check them out and show them some love. If you're enjoying my podcast, make sure that you leave a rating and a review. Again, it would mean so much to me. And don't forget, you can go to my website, stressdepressedanxious.com, 
sign up for my weekly Wednesday blogs and leave me voicemails and sweet little things like that. Be sure that if you want to support the show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash sdanxious. For $10 a month, you can become a member and get all these cute little perks. I promise. Maybe. I promise. It might be worth it. Anyways, thanks so much for listening. I'm so sorry I was late, but I hope that it brought you to some comforted state. And I'm wishing you a day, month, week, year free of stress, depression, and anxiety. As always, until next time, I love you. Good night. Thank you.